But I'm very, very, very excited today to introduce my new guest, Trish Roberts. And first of all, welcome everyone to Paradigm Shifters. And my guest today is definitely a paradigm shifter, deep within herself and for the sake of everyone she speaks with. Trish Roberts is an entertainer. She's a, uh, what, a singer, dancer, performer of all kinds. At least she was. So come on, Trish, and tell everybody what happened to change your career direction. Okay. Hi, Veronica. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm excited to um, talk to you, but I know my listeners are going to just absolutely love your conversation. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, I was an actor-singer-dancer in out of New York, and um, I grew up in Michigan, and I saw the movie musical Cabaret when I was like 10 years old. And I said to myself, at 10 years old, I'm moving to New York as soon as I can. And when I was 20, I did. I moved to New York by myself. And I was just in love with New York. I mean, it was just great back then. And it just had everything I ever wanted, you know, dance, music, art, just everything I love. But you had to be pretty so, brave to do that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But I had a friend there, so I wasn't totally, you know, on my own. Okay. I had somebody who knew their way around. So. But also, when you're great. about 20, the chutzpah is very strong when you really want to do something. Well, that's it. You think you're immortal. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Which, and how I don't know. Maybe we are. <laughs> well, I think we are in a way, but... My skin's wrinkled, so I figured my next phase I'll start again with, with smoother skin. <laughs> I know. I was saying my next life I'm going to have fat hair and thin thighs. <laughs> <laughs> I always say I'm going to have a high forehead, and I guess maybe I could come back as an ET. I don't know. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. I was going to say let's get serious, and I go, no, let's not get too serious. <laughs> but you have a wonderful story. And what happened that you broke into, like you go off to New York as a 20-year-old, you don't really have any huge contacts and so on to, to put you right up Mm-mm. on the top of the list. So how did you break into the uh, showbiz? It was so interesting because <clears throat> one of the first auditions I went on, my friend called and said, get to the equity office, which is the actor's union. Mm. because they're having auditions for something that I think you'd be perfect for. So I ran down there, waited online for about an hour. And when I got in, I sang, and I was very high soprano at that time. And they needed a high soprano. So, boom, I was cast. And I got my equity card from it, which was amazing, because it's like almost impossible to get your equity card. And so then I began, I did that show and I would come back in, to New York and then I would audition and then I would go out on another show and that, this went on for many years. And I came back and I uh, decided, you know, to come back to New York and to try to make contacts with casting directors and agents and things like that. So I started to do that and I went to some pretty interesting parties that had some celebrities there. I bet you but, did, eh? Um, I did, but, you know, 
I will never talk. <laughs> ah, I was going to ask you some very personal questions, but I think I won't. <laughs> you can. I don't know if I'll answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have fun? That was the thing. I had a lot of fun. Good. That's the I main had a lot thing. of fun. And you met some big yeah. names, did you? Some. I did. Mm-hmm. I met Al Pacino. I met Ray Fiennes. I met uh, Liz Minnelli. Oh, wow. Who, you know, I mean, one day I was auditioning in an audition studio, and I came out of the room, and she and Joel Gray came out into the hall in their leotards. This was when she was very thin and tiny, and he's just fantastic. I love him so much. So that was great. And I had met this guy. And when I first started dating him, I was like, you know, I'm I'm dating too many people already. You know, I wasn't sleeping <laughs> with them, but I was dating a lot of people. And I said, I thought to myself, you know, I have nothing in common with him. He, he was doing his residency at Sloan Kettering, but he was specializing in prosthodontics, which is a form of specialization within dentistry and I thought I mean we just have nothing in common so we went on this brunch date and it was it was rough (laughs) it was hard to have a conversation but eventually you know he kept persisting and persisting and he finally asked me to go out dancing so I thought well that's something we can do together so I went out with him and we had a good time and you know did you end up marrying this fellow? Yeah, I ended up marrying him and oh it was really nice. We did it ourselves because his his father disowned him for being with me for oh, a little while. Why? Because they were Jewish and I wasn't. Oh wow. Which is kind of odd because they're not here anymore. But um they were not like really active Jews. They were, you know, they were Jewish, but they were like totally reform and not that involved in it. Um, but that's more of a culture, a culture and a yes, yeah, and nationality almost, absolutely. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting because what we found out afterwards is that his father had been married to someone who wasn't Jewish before. Oh. And, yeah, his brother to this day doesn't even know that. Wow, isn't that interesting? It is interesting. Don't you want to tell him? <laughs> anyway. I do. I really do. But that's very interesting. Calls every Friday night. He oh, calls see. every Friday night. I'm sorry? I was just thinking the whole Jewish heritage is really good with entertainment. You'd think that. Uh, they would be thrilled that you're an entertain entertainer. Oh yeah, thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were happier that I could cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what we did is we decided um, we're going to get married, and we asked them to come. We said, you know, we we understand if you don't want to, but if you do, we'd love to have you there. So they did come. We did a champagne brunch. Oh, nice. It was wonderful. Great idea. Yeah, great, great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just took care of it ourselves so we didn't have to answer to anyone else. So, long story short, short-er, <laughs> I'm uh, 
starting to have some kind of strange little tingly feelings on my right side. I'm like, what the heck is that? So I go to a chiropractor. He says, you know, I think you just have a pinched nerve. I wouldn't worry about it. So I'm like, well, great. Nothing serious. But I kept having it. And then one night, one day, Jonathan said, there's this party, let's go. So we went and the hostess had hired a troupe of MTV dancers, <laughs> you know, like eight dancers across dancing. And I'm like right up in front with them, like boogieing. <laughs> and all of a sudden I slammed to the floor. Wow. And I looked, I looked at my husband and he looked at me and I'm like, I don't know what just happened, but something's not right. So we decided that I should see a neurologist. Okay. And I saw a neurologist and they said, well, she's either got a brain tumor or she has multiple sclerosis. And I, I don't know if all your listeners know what multiple sclerosis is because not everyone does. Um, it's, it's an autoimmune chronic disease that affects the central nervous system so that messages from the brain to the body don't get transmitted very well. It affects the myelin sheath around the spine and anyway, so that's what it is. And um, it turned out that I had an MS hmm. and, you know, my life really came crashing down around And how old, how old were you at this point? At this point, this was a long time after. And this was like, I think I was 40 at this point. Okay. Or in my early 40s, yeah. And um, I was just freaked. So what I did, well, You though, were devastated, I'll bet, huh? I was completely devastated. All I had ever wanted was to be a performer. And that wow. is all I had ever done. I'd been singing since I was 13, professionally. Wow. So, yeah, it was very upsetting. So, oh, boy. But what I did, yeah. How did Jonathan handle it? Well, Jonathan, I mean, I, you know, he felt terrible. and But he's the one that broke the news to me. Oh. And, yeah. I still remember exactly when and where. Um, but I'm glad I heard it from him. Mm-hmm. You know? And he stood by you. Um, he stood right by you. You know, I hear these stories of men just getting up and leaving yeah. when their wives are diagnosed. And I, I just, I'm so fortunate. My husband, he does everything for me. And mm-hmm. I don't want him to. And I keep telling him, look. Don't do it all. I want to do this, you know, but he does everything, you know. He does cooking, he shops, he does laundry. It's like, wow. Yeah. And he loves you. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Really well, does. it was a good and choice when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good, I did something right there. So so what happened with your career? Did you just have to uh, walk away or could you segue into something else? What happened? Well, 
I thought, I can't dance anymore on stage, mm-hmm. but I can sing. Okay. So I got my master's in music therapy. Oh, good. Yeah. And I worked with all kinds of populations. I started out in psych wards. I I saw miracles happen. I truly did. Did you it's Did you amazing. already have a degree in psychology? No. Okay. No. Um, but you know, it's so interesting because I had the two things I had always been most interested in were music and therapy, mm. and I didn't even know this field existed until someone told me. And I went and observed a music therapist, and then I was like, "Oh yeah." I got to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I also worked with youth at risk, uh, worked in some juvie homes, um, worked with an autistic boy for 12 years and um, worked with some seniors. Uh, Just, I mean, you name the population, I've probably worked with them, Hmm. but it was, it was very fulfilling it really was. And I had an office on 34th between 6th and 7th. Oh, wow. But eventually, yeah. But eventually it got too difficult, especially in the summer, to travel I heard back and forth. it's really hard to be in the heat when you've got MS, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's 95 here today, and I've not been out. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank God we got central air conditioning. Wow. So, so I did that for a while. I also became a non-denominational minister and I married, helped about a hundred couples create the wedding of their dreams and then officiated. Wow. And it was so amazing because to be with people on one of the most important days of their life is, it's just awesome. Great. Oh, that's wonderful. And yeah, you, do actually, you write songs? I mean, you you're quite a writer too, aren't you? I write. Yeah, lyrics come pretty easy to me. I'm 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 still working on it. It's uh, but that should be good for being a so, minister as well. I mean, having that kind of. Thing. Oh well, I yeah, I wasn't doing that then. But people okay. used to say, "Well, can you sing at the wedding too?" And I'm like, "No, this is not the Trish show." <laughs> <laughs> This is your wedding. <laughs> I'll just take care of officiating, and you can get your DJ to play the music or your band. Maybe. So I know I'm just babbling here. No, so no, no. I'm really interested. This is kind of a progressive thing, and I like it very much. And my logical question here is that with all this musical therapy, did it have an impact on your MS? I'll bet it did. It did not. It did not. It did not have any impact on my MS. I mean, it may have had impact on my emotional state, mm-hmm. you know, in in that I was still doing music and that was fulfilling to me. So, but in terms of uh, physically, no. Oh, when you were speaking of seeing uh, people in different populations having miracles, I thought, well, I hope she's one too. <laughs> that would be nice. Well, my doctor says there's going to be a cure in five years. Good. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. 
<laughs> but also it's really interesting because when you have something like MS and when you can help miraculously people in other populations, I've noticed through the years that people that have an affliction like yours and turn and help a lot of people very often don't release their own affliction, but it keeps them prompted to keep working with others or something. Does that make sense? It does, because there's something about service that makes you feel better. Good, and you feel less pain, do you? Do you have a lot of pain with MS? Sometimes I do, but I'll tell you what, singing is very helpful. A lot of times if I'm in pain, I will go and I will just do a singing meditation. Oh, good. And when I'm, yeah, when I'm singing, I don't feel it. Yay! So you're just a singing healer. (laughs) Well, you've done an awful (laughs) lot of things, and it said that you did a lot lot of therapy. You did, um, didn't you do art therapy as well? Um, Well, now I'm a creative arts therapist, so I, I legally can do art therapy and drama therapy and, you know, use my background. Okay. But, um... That was, that was, uh, I earned that after being in the field for a number of years. Oh, okay. I did get, I did a lot of presenting at conferences and I, uh, that fed my theatrical background a little. And I, I, one time I even got to present in Argentina. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. In Rio. Oh, wow. So what was that, so that like? Was fun. And how, how is the traveling when you have MS? Was it difficult? Well, bless my husband's heart, he got first-class tickets, and we slept lying down on the plane all the way there. Oh, wow. (laughs) They couldn't wake me up when we got there. (laughs) Oh, so you were comfortable, huh? Yeah, I was very comfortable. It's the only time I've ever flown first-class. Wow. But it was amazing because it was international, you know. That's wonderful. I mean, that's a great story. So what did they, um, uh, so they hired you to come, is that right? No, they didn't hire me. I just went and did it for free because I just wanted to do it so much. And it was an international topic. Plus, we both wanted to go to Argentina. Hmm. So it was so an international was music therapy contest, concert? Yeah, concert, I'm exactly. sorry. Conference. Conference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And I also got accepted to go to Seoul, Korea. Ah. But, but it was $6,000 each way. So I thought, no, I think I'll skip this one. Oh, wow. So what about what yeah, other places cost- have you been? And uh, how is the lay of the land with music therapy? Is it a growing concern in, for example, Argentina or... Or how about Japan? Or how about um, I don't know some of these. Oh things. yes, there's a there's a famous center called Nordos Robbins, mm-hmm. which sort of um, I don't it did spearhead music therapy, but it really promoted it, and they have basically focused on children with special needs. But there are now there's a in Japan there's a Nordos Robbins. I'm not sure what other countries, but I know there are other countries that have Nordos Robbins. And I just was emailing a former student friend um, who I got my master's with, and she's in Venezuela. Okay. And she's kind of 
promoting music therapy there and really getting getting it started because you know it's not it's not very well known in a lot of places but it's growing all the time and especially because there are people who are doing the kind of stuff I hate which is you know that kind of research quanti- qualitative research <laughs> no quantitative research the numbers stuff the numbers <laughs> and the oh my gosh and so know. they're doing but they're yeah. doing it so that you can actually talk that about what some people are doing and it's helping us because you know those corporations and those hospitals they want numbers yeah they do and in a way, that's good because yeah. if we can keep those numbers high, we can break into the um, pharmaceutical that's right. domination. Here I go and get political, yeah. right? <laughs> no, no. But, no, I I agree. Totally. But I'm Although fascinated. I'm, Sorry, go ahead. So I, I'm very grateful to my, my, um, my medication company, Biogen, who makes medication I'm on because I've I'm doing very well on it. And um, so so after a while, I began to see a few clients in my home. And then I decided I wanted to start coaching. So I, I thought, oh, okay, I lost a lot of weight. After I was diagnosed, I had gained a lot of weight. And I went to a weight specialist and lost a lot of weight. So I decided I was going to coach on weight loss. Nobody wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody. One guy said to me, well, I would lose weight, but I don't want to do anything. (laughs) Oh, really? And I'm like, well, that's not going to work then. Gosh. I got to do a lot. Yeah. Got to metabolize stuff, right? Huh? Got to metabolize stuff through motion and all the rest of it. That's right. Yeah. It all, it's all mind, body, spirit, it's everything together. So I lost, like, I lost a certain amount of weight with this weight specialist. And then the best thing I ever did, I started seeing a trainer. Oh. And I started, yeah, I started doing weight training. And as a matter of fact, after almost 18 years with MS last week, I lifted 165 pounds. Whoa. <laughs> and you're and not I'm very too, big, are you? You, know, you don't I look that, that big. No. No, I'm like 5'3". Oh, my. <laughs> and you're not all but kinds of... But I have good chem- biceps. Well, so what happens, <laughs> like, when you're weightlifting, how does it help uh, the body? MS is an affliction more in the brain or the brain stem, isn't it? It's central nervous system, so it's it's the spine and and the brain, mm-hmm. um, and and different for different people. I don't think I've ever met two people with MS who have exactly the same experience. And you said it's an autoimmune illness, right? Or yes, it's an autoimmune chronic disease. Hmm. I think they're breaking yeah, into I the do. secrets about autoimmunity these days that's probably why they're are they to cure that's what i'm hearing yeah i, I don't know that oh, for a fact but we'll just that's a whisper you know that comes by but i just was i was just reading um not reading listening to a video do you know who callan rush is no Mm-mm. 
she's a big, successful entrepreneurial coach of uh, group coaching. And I mean, big, one of the top ones. And she didn't, something was wrong and she didn't know why to have a baby. And, and so Hashimoto. And um, I don't know much about Hashimoto, but it's another autoimmune disease. And I'm like, there's something environmental going on that all these people are getting, mostly women, are getting all these different autoimmune diseases that some of them I don't think even existed before. Hmm. But I, I, I just, I feel in my gut that there's something environmental that's contributing to this. I don't know what. Well, it really makes sense just thinking of the stress alone with all the media stuff and then all the chemicals, just those two things alone, you know? Yeah, is, yeah. Is I'm thinking amazing. more chemicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the food. But we the don't know yet, but we'll find out. And I also read somewhere, someone was explaining to me, or a combination of the two, that certain areas, for example, in Washington, there's a certain area which is high in MS. So they say it's a lot to do with the... Uh, they're assuming it's a lot to do with the uh, with the land and whether the whether it's been leached totally from you know the intricate uh, minerals and so on we used to use to sustain ourselves. And they're talking about various yeah. parts of the country and why it's, uh, the depletions have created a huge number of M- MS people. I think it's worth following that because the more they learn that stuff, guess what. I think it's worth following also. Yeah. I don't know if it's that MS is caused by that because I know there's a genetic component to MS, but it's known to be most people that get it are above in the northern hemisphere. Right. And most are female. Not all, but most. Hmm. And you don't know of any so, triggers that that cause it. You know, it doesn't come from having had a shock or a, you know, anything no, like no, no. But if if you have MS and you have a shock, mm-hmm. whoa, early, early in my after my diagnosis, if I had a shock, I would just like fall down, you know, oh, fall wow, apart. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your, I mean, ner- your nervous intense. system just couldn't handle that, huh? Yeah. I guess that's what it was. I just, um, but, you know, as the years go by, I've learned so much. I've learned how to move differently so that I don't fall. I've learned how to distance negative people <laughs> and their opinions from my, uh, you know, circle, and uh, I am, um, I just am so different than I was at first. I was so scared at first, it's so frightening, you know, I feel so sorry for people who are newly diagnosed, it's just the worst thing. Wow. But as you go on and push forward, I began to get stronger, and I began to feel better, And I began to do other things. I began to become an inspirational speaker. 
which I love. How did you Feels become like, an inspirational speaker? Was that a class or was that just you standing up and being who you are? No, uh, it was a class, but I hadn't taken it yet. And <laughs> the, the leader came up to me and he said, I'm going to be talking about speaking. Just get up there for five minutes and talk. So I got up on stage and I I gave my little spiel. I showed off my biceps and people went wild. Really? <laughs> Standing ovation. Everybody went crazy. Wow. So I was like, because you of know, your biceps, like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, they couldn't believe that somebody with MS could actually, you know, get strong like that. But also, I mean, it was just, I felt like, you know, having been a performer for so long and then being on stage again, I was just like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> I'm oh. home again. Oh, that's nice. So when you got up to do yeah. your first inspirational speak, you knew what you were going to do, right? I did, yeah. I wrote it, mm-hmm. and then I didn't memorize it, but I don't think you should memorize it, but... You know, I made bullet points for myself and then, but then when I got up, you know, I just, I just followed the line of my life and told, yeah, told everybody what happened and I had amazing responses. It was great. Well, I want people to look at your YouTube too, because it's just so engaging. And I go, ah, Uh, that girl's amazing. Yeah, go to YouTube and what and Patricia Preston Roberts, I think, right on YouTube. Yeah, all I did was put in Trish Roberts, and oh, good. Uh, yeah, it was easy to find it. Or I think I might have added Coach when I was in doubt about how to. Oh yeah, that's that's an email address I have, so that's good. Yeah, and, and good but I'm know. telling people at home, you really, you know, I'm fascinated by being vibrational. I call us the vibrational beings of light, first and foremost and physical second. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about uh, MS or inspiration or uh, music therapy, that sort of thing, all I can think about, not all I can think about, but what runs through my mind all, this, all the way we're speaking is how those vibrations go in and help um, either soothe or harmonize or rebalance the vibrations that make up ourselves, Right. I really think so. Mm-hmm. And when I speak, I just, I just feel light, you know. Well, when I, you're I mean, speaking light. in your YouTube, I'm going, oh, I just felt like this, oh, you know, like there was something harmoniously uplifting, and it just oh, energized me. Mm-hmm. But I'm I really so like the idea of linking it with the vibrational stuff too, because you got charisma too, which of course is essential for presentations, isn't it? Thank you. Yes, it is. <laughs> if I give and you I, too I many compliments? <laughs> no, more, more. <laughs> I I think, I don't know if, if charisma is something you can teach. No. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, I, I was talking to is, somebody but... else who's in the acting biz, and we were talking about how, oh, no, somebody, we were talking about singer-songwriters and how there are several people we've heard, or I know a lot of people just like you do, and uh, a couple of them, I think, well, they're really nice, but I don't know why 
but I'm not in my whole, nothing engages in me when I hear them almost like yeah. it falls. And I think that's just the missing charisma. Doesn't make them wrong. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. And even maybe their music is good, but yeah, they just don't have that little zip. Yeah. And I don't think you can program that in, can you? Or maybe you could take no, a class. I, I, huh? Maybe you could so, take a class or two on it, but I'm just wondering if that is something that is just totally innate, like you have the performer's vibrational uh, imprints, and that's how you started off in life, right? Yeah. Well, probably someone who doesn't wouldn't go that route, you that's know? That's right. Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd become an accountant or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's Something true. different than that. But I know some people that have really followed their acting career and so on and so forth, but there just seems to be something, and I'd never tell them this, nor am I going to say something on global missing. radio who they are, you know. Oh, of course not. <laughs> we don't want to hurt anyone. I, no, I'm just being cheeky anyhow, but is realizing that there's a real gift. I mean, we got to use what we've got, and you've got this incredible uh, vibrational range if you want to call it musically the range right you've got that girl yeah wow. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i used to have more of a range now i've lost a couple of my top notes as i've gotten older <laughs> yeah. well it's interesting okay. though because what what's really inspiring about you is you're using again what's innate for all of us you're using it in different in different ways suiting your you got to call it limitations. You're suiting your limitations. Condition, to, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, I really yeah. impressed by that. Thank you. Yeah. I think people um, at home are. And do you have advice for people? I bet you do. You're a coach. What would you tell our listeners yeah. about their own worlds? Well, if you have an adversity, whether it's MS or any other difficulty that you're going through. I think you really have to work on your mindset about it. And I know that's a buzzword that's around way too much, but your attitude has so much to do with how the whole rest of your life is. So that's the first thing I talk about and work with people on. Mm -hmm. It must have taken you more than 20 minutes to readjust your thinking. Oh, it took eight years. Oh, yeah. It it really took, I mean, I was doing okay, and I didn't know I had all this inside. But one day I was home alone, mm-hmm. and I just started yelling and screaming at the universe and crying. And, and no, thank God no one was home and the windows were shut. <laughs> Somebody would have called the police. I was just having a really big hiss, he said. Good. But you know what? What? Yeah. After I did, it was like I had been living in black and white, and all of a sudden, it was technicolor. Wow. So you evoked your own passion, huh? Yeah, it just lifted off my shoulders. Hmm. And I think maybe part of it was acceptance. I, I guess the feeling I pick up when you say that, too, is that I am. I am here. I am. It's not yeah. gone, you know. And oh it, no, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You've got yeah. a wonderful spirit that way. So I interrupted you and said, "Can you give people some advice?" But you were telling us more about direction. Oh. 
What? Uh, well, how would yeah. you like to finish? Would you like to go into more of what you're doing or what you want to become? Well, I, I would like to tell people to move their bodies a lot because my doctor told me that one of the reasons I haven't progressed more is because I'm like, well, my my doctor, my last appointment, my doctor said, it's like you're in remission because your body makes cortical steroids when you exercise vigorously. And oh. it's the best, it's almost as good as the medication that you get. Really? In terms, yes, that's what they're finding out. Exercise is key. Wow. Exercise is really one of the most important things. And that they're finding that it's almost equally important as the medication you're on. I love hearing that. That's really crucial, isn't it? It really is. And I just I just want to inspire women to move, mm-hmm. you know? And also, another thing I tell everyone is, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but if you... If you ask for help from people, you've got to learn to ask for help when you need it. And Psychology Today came out with an article which said people who are asked for help and then provided get a helper's high, and it's a real boost to their self-esteem. Yes. So if you ask for help, not only are you doing something for yourself, you're also doing something for the person that helps you. Boy, that's a really good piece of information, isn't it? It really is. And was that difficult and if for I you at first? No. Okay. Uh, at first, well, it was a long time ago. Um, no, I don't think it's ever been difficult for me to ask for help because I always knew I didn't know everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So are you going to be a fitness coach now? I'm not. I'm not going to be a fitness coach, but I have to I have to share with your audience that if anyone has multiple sclerosis, there's a wonderful site called the MS Gym oh, online. Really? Yes, and it's fantastic. Uh it offers no matter what stage you're at or what difficulty you're having, it has specific things for certain problems. And like, for instance, balance is a difficult one for me. And it has a whole thing on balance that I'm I'm going to start to take part in. And it gives you some exercises to do to improve that, hey? Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All have kinds. have yeah. you tried any of the martial arts ones like Qigong or uh, Tai Chi or those sorts of things? You know, I haven't because I think I would probably wipe out <laughs> uh, because because of my balance issues. Oh, okay. I would love to, though. I mean, Tai Chi, I've always found fascinating. Well, and they do run, um, they do work with the central nervous system to keep it uh, uh, amped Oh, up. really? Yeah, that's what their motions are all about. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great information. And I just started doing Qigong because I had a little uh, difficulty 
and uh, and was really encouraged by my uh, chiropractor practitioner to get going on the qigong for the sake of aging to keep the brain agile and your central nervous system agile keep it going so i'm oh. being really faithful now and it's easy qigong I, i'm doing is it, it easy yeah yeah i'm doing it off of youtube's and so on and wow you, i'll send you a link if you want something for beginners but it's if you you'll see what I mean. But I just think of the MS and I go, I'll bet you that would help a lot. Whether it's Tai Chi or Qigong or whatever, uh, it is to run the nervous system. And did you know that in China, this is going off on a sidebar, but I think you find it interesting. That's okay. But if people had, for example, serious cancer, they used to do. Mm-hmm. Tai Chi, like six or seven hours a day until their cancer was gone. That used to be the thing. And uh, Wow. Yeah, it's not so Can much it work? now. Yes, yes. They could count on it. Wow. And uh, they've westernized a lot of their medicine now, but that was the technique they used to use. And there are some who regret that they really liked it because it was a standard way of handling illness was to go off and do these exercises all day long. And they're not wow. exercises that make you sweat and puff. They're ones that make you agile right. and they give you consciousness. And I sound like an ad for it, but I'm very interested in MS and other uh, debilitating situations or even just aging with people, you know? Yes. I'm very Which interested. We all in are. Yeah, <laughs> we are. But I'm also interested in the fact that, just like you, what you're talking about, and you are so inspiring but i'm watching a lot of seniors and i'm going wow they don't have to be quite as creaky and crickety people yeah they need they need to feel that just like you've got that zest for who they who they really are inside anyway enough of my uh thing i think it's relevant though but it's enough of my chat i'm sorry no it's totally relevant i'm really happy to hear it and i I will definitely try the Qigong if if I don't have to fall down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you will, but you can always hang on to some at the beginning. That's right. That's that's what I do a lot of times when I'm at home alone. I I never thought I was doing some yoga, and I never could do the warrior pose because I didn't have the balance. But I just put my hand on something, and all of a sudden I was just totally able to do it. Wow. I'm like, Wow, that's great, you know. So you actually do yoga as well, huh? I do, mm-hmm. a little, you know. I mean, and my trainer is very, very big on stretch. And not only that, you cannot can believe this. This is so awesome. He's, he's a fantastic masseur. So after I work out with him, I get a massage. Oh, <laughs> that sounds wonderful. It's, it is wonderful, truly, truly wonderful. So it's the stretching that's probably really, really um, something that people would assume you couldn't do, maybe. Is that right? Oh, well, I, I happen to be very flexible, and I always have been. Mm. So, you know, uh, when he stretches me, it's like um, Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you wouldn't want I, to re- lose any of that, would you? No, never, Mm-mm. never. That's very important to me. I mean, 
you know, standing, bending over and being able to put my palms on the floor is a daily occurrence. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, wonderful. Well, you're really an inspiration, yeah. my friend. So you're coaching, and do you teach classes, or what do you do in your coaching process there? I don't teach classes. Right now I do one-to-one work, but I'm going to eventually do groups. I'm trying to put together a group, a very small group right now, and uh, like 8 to 12, maximum 12. Um, And just because it's kind of private, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's something that everybody would have in common. So that would be great. I've thought about putting together an online class, but it's such, there's not like, it's not like teaching music, say, you know, I know I can teach music and I can have different modules that tell you different things about music, but MS is, first of all, different for everyone and kind of needs, the coaching kind of needs to be tailored somewhat to that person. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Hmm? It does, because not only physically, but emotionally, everyone's processing it differently. Oh, I really like that you're doing all that. So you're amazing. So you've got sound, you've got music, and you have dance, even though you don't do the dance right now. Is that right? No, I can't. I can't, well, I can't dance on stage every once in a while. I mean, I went to my best friend in Boston last weekend, and we were dancing in the kitchen, her husband and her and her daughter and me. And actually, I was doing a little salsa, and I was doing, you know, Aww. I was dancing around a little. And so how did, you, how did you feel doing that? Did you, you were pretty agile, feeling really good? It felt great. It felt great. I mean, anything that has to do with music makes me feel great. (laughs) And also when you're feeling happy, you already said it. I can't remember the context in which we spoke of that in this discussion, but um, you did say you always feel better when you're, what, laughing, when you're playing. Yeah, and singing. Mm -hmm. Singing. I I was quoted in a health magazine about the, the health advantages of singing and that it can lower your blood pressure, it can slow down your heart rate, it can do so much for you physically and And mentally and emotionally. Yeah, there's no accident that they've been chanting along with spiritual practices from since time began. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. Hey, we're almost done, and are, are you going to be presenting anywhere? Are there ways that people can tune in and, and watch you and share some of your um, inspirational self? Well, they can go to YouTube, for one thing, <laughs> like you did. <laughs> and um, they can always have a free call with me if they want by uh, going to Acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y, Scheduling and look for Coach Trish Roberts, or call me. You can call me, 973-479-4542. And and there's the phone. (laughs) That's so wonderful. I am just delighted to meet you. I'm very eager to follow up your progress, because I know you're just going to keep learning things, 
Maybe one day I'll call in for a freebie and see what happens. Anytime. <laughs> and you know what? What? I, I can't believe that we are closing because it's just gone by so fast. It's been fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. Oh, absolutely. And Thank fun, you so much. for Fun for our listeners. But I want to say with your kind of spirit, you almost make it fun to have these trials in your life. It's pretty spiritual, I would say. <laughs> Well, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe there's there's a plan. <laughs> and bless Jonathan for being there with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, indeed. He's he's a he's a real mensch. That's <laughs> <laughs> the second time I've heard that word, and I had to say, what is a mensch? Oh, mensch is like a really good person okay. who's just like got a good heart. All right, so I have to write that down and make sure I know that. <laughs> well, and the N-S-C-H. S-C-H, it's wonderful. Well, this has been uh, Veronica Entwistle talking with Trish Roberts, who's a coach and a very inspirational woman who's moved her diagnosis of MS into becoming and becoming and becoming in more ways than one, so... We hope to get feedback from you and just veronicaentwistle.com or um, listen to the podcasts on veronicaentwistle.com. And maybe, Trish, you'll have a podcast up on your site. That's the direction I'm moving. Right on. Well, thank you so much, and we'll talk again, Trish. Okay. But I'll let you go then. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this because I really did. Yeah. Oh, I totally have. And I'm very, very excited to follow your uh, progress. Take care. (laughs) You too. Take care, Veronica. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.